Welcome to the podcast that transcends awareness into practice. In this season, entitled Harmony in Relationships, we will explore together the steps in the dance of relationship. Each episode builds on the one that preceded it. I present your question. Your question, I respond. Hello, this is Yolanda Kumidu. Welcome to my podcast. Welcome, Mary. Thank you. Um, So you have listened to the episode on acceptance. And I guess you're coming with some questions or comments or I have no idea what I'm going to do with them. But uh, let's, uh, let's give it a try. Okay, great. I'm so happy to be here to talk about this. So as a start... I found it really interesting that you referred to or described acceptance in a variety of ways, a skill, an ability, a state, an act, almost as if acceptance could either be passive or active. Is that how you see it? Passive or active. Um, hmm. I don't know what that means, passive or active. What do you mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess something that you have Something is acceptance, something that you have to do or comes to you, passive, active, do to do, passive, it kind of comes to you. That's an amazing question, Mary. Um, Acceptance. So first of all, before acceptance either arrives or you arrive to it. I think it's both. Both. Um, I just want to say that there is pain before. (laughs) Uh, There is struggle. There is um, not wanting to accept whatever it is that we are talking about. And of course, we're talking about relationships, acceptance, especially about the differences the different personality, the different patterns and habits and ways of responding, perceiving that your partner has, especially if it's opposite from yours, if it's different from yours. It's always a struggle preceding acceptance. And I think after you get tired enough and disappointed enough and let down enough times in um, so if you get disappointed over and over and over again it's almost like acceptance is is banging at your door you yes. don't have any other choice but to open the door at that time or you come to a point that you have an awareness, you have an experience within yourself before it just keeps knocking that you keep trying and trying and trying and nothing shifts. And, and almost you run out of choices. It's, it's, it's a surrender because it doesn't, nothing shifts. 
But then it's also an experience where you don't even have to try too many times. You, as a person, perhaps understand already and you have respect already that people are different um, and it's nothing right or wrong. It's just we are different. Yeah. And if you already have uh, um, developed th that deep knowing about the human condition, then you don't try too many times. You knock one or two or three times and then by yourself, you say, I accept. And like I said, accept doesn't mean agree. Yes. Doesn't mean, <laughs> you know. Um, so I think it's both. That's an interesting uh, take that you're bringing. Yeah. And I like what you just said about uh, knocking on your door and then finally. Because I was thinking of the other, I was thinking of the other uh, description where you finally open up what you see different. And I had some questions about that. So you talked about expectation is the opposite of uh, acceptance. So could it be that expectations actually cause the, the discomfort with and the rejection of differing thoughts, feelings, perspectives, and behaviors in relationships? Expectations are based on your own reality of the world. That's right, yeah. So um, I call it opposite from acceptance because if, if I sit here and I have this view of the world and I expect you to have the same one, that delays acceptance. That expectation, if I keep expecting you to behave differently, to do something that I like, um, you know, uh, so for example, if I am a very detail-oriented person right. and you're not detail-oriented at all and I expect you time after time to see details, to notice details, to handle details, uh, that delays my ability to accept the fact you're not a detailed individual. And if I accept you're not a detailed individual, then it clears the way, actually, to make a decision. Can I live with it or not? Right, right. So that kind of went to my next thought. If, if I expect you to do that, um, then in holding that expectation, I'm blinded to what you can do initially, right? I'm initially blinded to it. It sounds like... It sounds like the work towards acceptance is no easy feat. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I mean, a certain level of... Um, certain level of knowing, in, in some ways, um, is, is necessary. Knowing about what? Knowing about the human condition, um, the different aspects of the human condition, the spiritual, the, the psychological, the mental, the energetic, that helps. Okay, good. Um, it, it helps reach acceptance, I think, um, instead of delaying and waiting and waiting yes. and not accepting. 
Yeah. And there's some, like I, I mentioned, there are some in, uh, situations that you should never yes. accept. And we're not talking about that, of course. No. We're talking about habits and ways of being together. Yes. Okay. So I was just thinking of times, maybe, you know, I've seen in people, I've experienced where my own expectations might keep me in denial because I keep, if I keep expecting something because it's my value, my belief, it's the way I think the world is, I'm not open more in a particular area, that the, those expectations keep me in denial of what really truly is in front of me. Right on. Okay. That's exactly how it goes. That's why I'm saying expectation is the opposite of acceptance. It doesn't allow you to enter the possibility, to entertain the possibility of accepting the situation. Because also, and I'm, I'm repeating myself, a lot of people confuse acceptance with agreeing. And it's not the same. Yeah. So it seems like consciousness must precede acceptance. Consciousness, awareness, knowledge, information education about human behavior. It helps. Let's put it this way. It helps. Right. So that's, I I hear that. And that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's in general, the knowledge of the human condition. Correct. And then... Of the human behavior, of of how, why we behave this certain way. And and, uh, what I talked about, the different parts of us, that there are certain, we are many different people inside. And depending who's dominant, that person has blinders. And sees the world only one way. So we have different parts of us seeing the world one way. And then our partner has different other parts. Yeah. So are you saying that it begins with each of us becoming aware of and teasing out the things that we hold most dear, like our own rules, values, and beliefs, to make room for other possibilities? To understand why they even exist other possibilities that those other possibilities that might be opposite from ours, they are not necessarily wrong. Yeah. And that, that challenges our own conviction that something is wrong with the other person and Absolutely. they need to change. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, you know, if I hold a certain belief and you hold the opposite, how can I possibly accept that thinking the opposite, I can't, let me go to the benign example of detail-oriented and not detail-oriented, because the not detail-oriented person will say to you, if you're the detail-oriented, oh, you're wasting so much time. You can be doing other things. Loosen up, loosen up. So the not detail-oriented it's like, what's wrong with you? Why do you need to be so detailed? They cannot see that and vice versa. And, and so understanding that that's, it's not right and wrong here we're looking at. Right. It's different ways that we develop to adjust to our situation of growing up, of what life gave us. That's why I became a detail-oriented and that's why you became not detail-oriented. Big picture, right? <laughs> yeah, so understanding that there's not right and wrong, good and bad. Again, I'm not talking the extreme, obvious, hurting ways of physical and abuse right. and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So do you, 
in your experience, do you see a lot of, do you see people spending more time and energy on changing others rather than accepting? Well, that's, that's the heart of my job. Okay. That's my living. <laughs> I, I mean, that's every therapist living is the fact, unfortunately, that people spend most of their time not accepting and wanting to change the other person, the situation. Exhausting. It's exhausting. Oh, yeah. And fruitless often. Yeah. Now, wanting to change the situation, it's, it's, it's good, but understanding what is your part, where you have control, and where the control stops, and it's on the other, and you don't, don't have control of the other. So it's nothing wrong wanting, expecting change, improvement, development, betterment, but know where you end. What is your 50% responsibility right. in changing the situation and the other 50% you have no control. Yeah. And also knowing that if you make some actions, take some different actions and different responses to your 50%, um, the other person has no, by the way, the other person has no choice but to respond differently. Yeah. So that's your only chance. Yeah. Gotcha. So I love that um, the hierarchy of importance that you discussed. And I can see relationships struggle because people and the things they held most important change over time sometimes. And because of expectations, we do not initially see I'm just thinking like of a start of a relationship and then when you move on, we might not initially see what we dislike, but then awaken to it over time. Mm -hmm. um, or either that or is it um, that a hierarchies change? Things become more important or less important to us. And then, um, and that changes the harmony in the relationship or the acceptance. Both. Okay. Right on, Mary. Yeah. So how might one best navigate new sensitivities and differences? That the first step is to notice them in your own self and not to criticize them in your own self. And to know that actually that is the most natural way of human expansion we, yeah. we move, we change ideas, we, we actually we suffer if we don't because life presents different situations. And when we believe something very, very uh, strongly on one idea, we see different examples different, and, and we might ch change and our beliefs and our values. Um, and that's expansion, um, because if we, the, the, the more tight grip we have on un, unexplored values and beliefs that we inherited from tradition, from culture, from parents, um, the more limited we are. You don't have to change them, but at least explore them, right. examine them. Does they, do they fit 
who you are in this lifetime. And then when that changes, you see, that's when a lot of problems happen in relationships. One person might be shifting and the other person stays unmoved from their ways, their habits. And first of all, you start having conflict because it, we used to like it, we used to agree. And all of a sudden it feels like we don't agree and you don't like it. Well, yeah, someone expanded here, shifted. And if the other person is not flexible, the relationship very often ends. So how important is it to dialogue about this in the relationship? That's the most important step. Yeah. The, f for the first step is to become aware, to notice it in yourself. And the second is to share it with your partner to have a, an ongoing dialogue about it. And sometimes that helps. And even if you have that, sometimes it's just it's the relationship ends anyway. You see, people think that when a relationship ends is a failure, is bad. I don't think so. <laughs> I think that people come in our lives for very specific reasons. We might never become aware of them, by the way. But we always gain, even if it's a difficult relationship, expand. We're given opportunities and, and uh, challenges. So if the relationship didn't continue, it doesn't mean that is someone's fault. And that's when people get stuck. Sometimes relationships on their own, I always say it's like a candle. Sometimes it's just, it burns itself out. And, and, and it's really nobody's fault. But because it's very difficult to understand or accept that, we rush to blame, we rush to judge and blame the other person Usually, that's the reason this relationship ended and sold your fault. By the way, of course, you know I'm Greek. A lot of Greek songs <laughs> have that theme. It's all your fault, and that's why we're not together. <laughs> wow. Okay. There was a lot in that uh, short time. Um, and the whole, the whole, as I was listening to it, I kept thinking of, something known as the serenity prayer, right? Um, accept the things I cannot change. So I heard you say, you know, the inner harmony comes from that. Uh, the courage to change the things I can, first in myself before the other. And, uh, and then I think what you just said, the wisdom to know the difference is that, so if I cannot change, I can either accept for harmony's sake, or I can walk away. Yeah. Because it's too high in my hierarchy. And walking away does not mean you failed. Right. I, I, it's like I really have difficulty understanding whether I see clients and the relationship didn't work, that, or they have to get a divorce, let's say, in those situations, that they regard it as they failed. I, I have difficulty understanding how is that a failure, um, I don't see it as a failure. 
I don't see it as um, as a triumph either. Mm-hmm. I just see it as it's just people shift and change. And when there is no um, parallel move from the other person, then the relationship becomes rigid and breaks. Right. Or people stay anyway. And I've, I've seen a lot of situations. People stay anyway. And as long as is um, is uh, an agreement for both. But you see, when they stay anyway, there is a point of connection that is still in place. And it keeps, even if the relationship does not even come close to all the ingredients that I described. Maybe there's no trust, there's no love, there's always conflict, there is distance, there is financial problems, and people still stay together. It's because somewhere they still have a point, the point of connection between them, even if they don't know what it is. It's only when the point of connection breaks that the relationship is over. So it's likely that that remaining point of connection, whether it's uh, noticed for what it is or not, it must be high up in the hierarchy. for people. Totally. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of people stay because somehow the, the, the relationship or the other partner provides some security, emotional security, safety. And that's a very good reason to stay, even if everything else is not working out. Of course, it's not pleasant. No. Um, it's a lot of struggle, a lot of disharmony. But it doesn't mean that those are reasons for two people not to be together. Either. Yeah, it, I mean, some of this requires a real shift. Some of this requires a real shift in thinking, right? From, you know, when you said, why do people, um, you asked the question before, oh, why do they think it's a bad thing and think it's a failure? It's because that's what they've been taught, right? The traditions, whether they be family traditions, religious tra- whatever. So, Mary, I, I, I don't know. I don't remember if I mentioned this before, but I have this crazy, insane thinking that marriage, I think I, I mentioned it some, sometime, should be like leasing a car. You know, let's stay together three years, marry, whatever, and, and see how it goes. And either we renew or not, or, or you know, we renew for two more years. <laughs> I mean, that's funny, but, and then whenever I share this funny idea, um, people say, what are you talking about? What about children? But look at the divorce rate and the pain and the blaming and the money when lawyers and, and disagreement is involved. Yes. Well, that's certainly an expanded view. (laughs) No, I mean, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't think I really had any more questions at this time. Your your points were very well uh, taken. I think 
the way that you ask, it it helped me go into what I hold, what I believe and what I said into why did you say that, Yolanda? It really helped me go in and and see what's behind it. Thank you, Mary. You're welcome. Thank you for, for, for coming and being with us and bringing your questions. You're welcome. Thank you. The next theme coming up is disharmony. If you're interested in being on my podcast, please email me at awarenesssaxpodcast at gmail.com.